Hey, Pocket Money friends. I'm Kate, managing editor of Finder and occasional lurker on this podcast. Because Australia's in the middle of a catastrophic bushfire season at the moment, thousands of homes have been lost, properties have been destroyed, lives have been lost, and our wildlife population has been decimated. We wanted to talk through everything to do with the bushfires. And um, in the studio with me today, I've got Ali Costa and Alex Holderness, um, who are two of our insurance experts here, to talk about everything from how you can contribute if you want to help, right through to what to do if you've been affected. Um, we thought we'd talk it through here on Pocket Money and do a special edition, especially for you. So welcome, Alex and Ali. Thanks, Kate. Hello, hello. Probably the first thought for those of us who are lucky enough not to be affected by the bushfires is how can we best help? I've been seeing a lot of news coverage about donations that haven't necessarily been wanted in certain areas, donations of things, for example. So, Alex, do you want to talk about some of the best ways to support the bushfire crisis at the moment? There's a few options at the moment. One of them around money, both donating it and raising it in your own fundraisers. There's other areas as well. You know, there's lots of volunteer opportunities that are coming up, even not for right now, but registering for the future. You can also make things like there's some really cute little knitting groups where they're making little things for the injured wildlife. Also, you can buy from these places. There's lots of new resources that are popping up of small businesses that are still open, but maybe impacted by tourism. So plenty of opportunities out there. As you said, actually donating things is very tricky at the moment. We've actually been told not to do that in most areas. So I'd always work with your community there. Yeah, it's a good point. I think in uh, Victoria, a couple of small towns said their community halls were just filled with things, you know, people obviously wanting to do the right thing by donating things. The community was like, we don't have anywhere to store this. Um, They actually couldn't meet in their hall anymore about the bushfires because it was so full of things. So I guess um, obviously while people can't always donate money, perhaps looking at, as you said, um, looking at ways to raise money is another really great way of um, contributing without having to spend the cash if you can't do that. Ali, thinking of people that have been directly impacted by the bushfires. As one of our insurance experts, what are some of the things that people need to know if they have lost their home or their property's been damaged? I think one of the things to definitely keep in mind is always safety first. So when you're returning back to your place, make sure that you've actually given the green light to return home. And when you do, make sure you're doing it safely. When you do return home, take as many photos and videos as you can. So basically this will be used as your evidence come claim time. You can show what's been damaged yeah, to the insurers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So video is a really easy way to do that. Um, and then you can kind of just like send it to yourself so you have it on file, everything like that. And don't try and move any objects or anything as this might affect your claim. So only move things if it's actually posing an immediate risk to you. Um, but other than that, don't try and clean up. Just wait until you get the green light from your insurer. And is the idea that you don't move anything because that's going to affect the state it was in when it was affected by yeah, the, the yeah, fire? Yeah, yeah. So okay. it just kind of like streamlines that process a little bit more. If you start sort of like, you know, moving things around and stuff, then it might affect the claim with how they kind of like see what your property looks like. There's also um, a number of resources for financial relief available for people affected by the bushfires. We've seen the government come out uh, with a $2 billion pledge to set up a bushfire recovery agency. But there's also some Australian government stuff that's been going on for a while now. Alex, do you want to talk about some of the immediate relief that people can look to if they have been affected by the bushfires? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would just say as well, before looking at some of the government stuff that with what Ali was talking about there with your home, if you come home and you can't actually live in your place, 
Um, your insurer will often give you temporary accommodation or there's also a lot of websites that are now offering emergency accommodations mm. such as Airbnb. Um, there's loads of financial assistance becoming available, which um, obviously we can get a bit more into. But yeah, if you've come home, you've got nowhere to stay. There's both official lines through your insurance, but also platforms like Airbnb that can hopefully help you out there. It's also worth noting with your insurer and their temporary accommodation, you'll usually be covered up to 12 months uh, rent or 10% of your sum insured. That's usually kind of where the, the boundaries are with your home insurance. I understand there's also a bunch of different places where you can seek kind of immediate cash assistance too for people that have lost everything. Alex, I know there's government things, there's charity offers. Can you just run us through a couple of them that are available for people who have been affected? Yeah, absolutely, Kate. And yeah, you're right. There's a few areas that are available right now. This is a growing list and obviously these things um, change quite often. So hopefully there'll be more in the near future. But right now, the Australian government, they've got a disaster recovery allowance, which is a short term payment, which can make up for lost income due to the fires. This can go up to about 13 weeks at the moment. There's also an Australian government disaster recovery payment. This is just a one-off payment that was announced and you can get $1,000 per adult and then $400 per children who've actually been impacted by the bushfires. You can make these claims really easily over the phone. The numbers for that is uh, 180-2266. In terms of the charities, they obviously have their own funds and therefore are doing different programs. In terms of Australian Red Cross, for example, you can get a $2,000 grant if you've lost your home. They'll make that available to you quite soon. There's also the Salvation Army. They're assisting various different states and offering financial assistance. So it's worth checking them out if you're in need at the moment. Yeah, they're also offering a lot of support services to help people with their mental health and emotional well-being as well. So beyond government, beyond charity, there's some other organisations that surprisingly to me are also putting their hands up to help. Ali, do you want to talk about what we're, we're seeing on offer from banks and, and, and retailers like telcos and energy providers for people that have been affected by the fires? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of companies are stepping up. So the big four banks in particular have kind of put out a lot of assistance for those being affected. Uh, so Commonwealth Bank has offered emergency accommodation, additional loans for those who have been affected and fast-tracking their insurance claims. NAB has a $2,000 grant if you've lost your home, which can be helpful. Uh, ANZ have like a financial relief package for those affected and are also suspending like loan repayments for three months for those um, customers who might be affected so you don't have that additional financial stress. Westpac have a similar thing as well. So they're deferring repayments up to three months. They also have emergency accommodation for their insurance customers and they're putting out personal loans at a discounted interest rate for those affected as well. Um, there's also a bunch of telco retailers as well. Alex? Yeah, we're seeing a lot from um, all the different telco retailers, internet providers, energy retailers. So, for example, Optus, Telstra, Vodafone, they're waiving volunteer firefighter phone bills. They're also offering free calls to those affected at Telstra. So, definitely worth speaking to your provider there. We've seen a few insurers like Boopa come out and say they'll pause payments for a few months as well. So, I mean, anything that you're worried about paying and you're impacted by the bushfires, I guess the advice would be to just give your providers a call. They're generally quite supportive and flexible. But yeah, just let them know and, and see what you can waive. Alex, would you suggest like maybe sitting down and trying to write a list of all those things that can be hard, obviously, if you've lost your home or all your records, but key things, so phone providers, energy providers, banks, if you've got loans, and just um, would you suggest just contacting them and seeing what they can offer for you? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I know it's a lot to take in and 
we've put together a guide that kind of lists all these on the website, which we'll link to, but I would definitely spend the time to just kind of go through your bills or anything that's concerning you. Just spend a couple of hours on the phone and kind of relieve that pressure for yourself going forward so you just don't have to think about it in the coming months. I guess, you know, the last thing you need on top of everything else is in a couple of months finding out you've defaulted on a payment for something and that's affected your your credit report, you know, when uh, you could have actually had those things suspended. So that's really great advice. I think, you know, people don't always think about the smaller things too, like those phone bills and, and energy bills. Ali, we know that we're only in the middle of bushfire season this year and there's plenty of future fires that could be happening. Lots of people in Australia live near the bush or in the bush. Is it too late to take out insurance if you don't have it? It depends where you live and it's a bit of a complicated question. Mm. So usual circumstances, there's up to a 72-hour embargo period for getting bushfire cover. So basically that means that you can't kind of realise there's a fire down the street, quickly go to your computer, get a policy and then be covered. So basically it's that's for not known events. When it's a known event like Mm -hmm. this, it becomes a little bit more complicated. So with this, I'd probably recommend actually calling up your insurer, like an insurer before you take out cover Mm -hmm. and seeing if you can take out cover. Right. If you're already in the bushfire zone, it might unfortunately be too late, but if you're outside of it, you might, might still have a chance of being able to get cover. And that goes for updating your cover as well. So if you're in the zone, you won't be able to actually update your sum insured Mm -hmm. but if you're outside it you might be able to um you know review your policy make sure you've got adequate cover so alex with those zones how do they work how are they established do they change how can people find out if they're in a zone or if they're in a an area that could be put into a zone where do you go for that information yeah it's a bit tricky and it's an evolving area but they're declared ultimately by the insurance council of australia they get updated pretty regularly so you know as the bushfire areas change so do these catastrophic zones which you know, the pros of that is that it obviously helps you get your insurance claim treated faster. They prioritise those claims. Mm-hmm. In terms of the cons, honestly, we're not we're not too sure um, in terms of how long it stays a catastrophic zone for and how that might impact your premium in the future. It's not super clear on the information out there. So I'd always just recommend asking those questions when you do speak to your insurer about kind of long term impacts as well. Yeah, even if you're not actually living in a catastrophic zone as well, you might still be affected. Yeah, that's a good point. So probably if you're even vaguely in an area that could be construed as being near the bush or near a bushfire, it's definitely worth checking that out. Yeah, it's a lot of grey area and unfortunately there's not a lot of dialogue going on behind it from the insurers either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if in doubt, check with your insurer or the insurance council. So something I've been wondering, I mean... I know I have home insurance. I had to double check who my provider was. I think a lot of us have it, but we don't usually need to use it. Um, Some people might even not know who their insurer is. Ali, what happens if you lose everything you own? You have absolutely no idea where to start. You mightn't even know which insurer you're with. What can you do about that? Yeah, it, it. I mean, there'd be a lot going through your head. Don't worry too much about what insurer you're with. The Insurance Council of Australia have a hotline where basically you can call up and they will find out what policy you have. Oh, and so they have that information. Yeah, they have all that information. So it doesn't matter who you're with, they'll hold yeah. that information. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that hopefully would tick one thing off the list. Yeah. From there, basically get in touch with your insurer as soon as possible. Um, let them know the situation. If they can, they can organise temporary accommodation. If not, then head to one of like the government resource centres. Once things are sort of settled down, try and lodge a claim as soon as possible. 
if you do have a chance to return home, basically video, as we've mentioned before, video everything. Right. Because um, yeah. that will be used as evidence. Yeah. And then hopefully that will streamline the process. Basically how sort of like claims are prioritised, I guess, is catastrophic zones will be prioritised in this instance. Okay, so, so they'll be done first. Yeah, and the yeah. Insurance Council of Australia has a list of what's been declared a catastrophic zone. Okay, so yeah. you could also check with them yeah. and find out if yeah. your area's in there. Ali, there must be thousands and thousands of people that are going to be making claims at the moment. How are these prioritised? How long is reasonable for people to expect to have to wait? How is this going to be managed? Yeah, so by law, your insurer has to respond to you within 10 business days after you've submitted your claim. Um, And then after that, if they've accepted your claim, then they have to keep you in the loop every 20 business days. Okay. If you don't hear from them and they're not getting in contact with you, Uh, have a talk to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority. We'll put their link down below. Basically, they will be like a mediator um, and help you reach a resolution sooner. And that that hasn't changed in this kind of unprecedented times at the moment. That is the law that they'll have to respond to you in 10 days and keep you up to date. So even though there's going to be a whole lot of claims, there's definitely a commitment to keep you in the loop. Um, And as Ali said, if you don't, definitely get in touch with your insurer or you can take it to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority. So I guess um, to sum up, you know, there's some plenty of things to think about here as this continues to play out. We have seen a lot of people volunteering, offering to volunteer and donating money and things. But I guess something that's really key is, is thinking about the long haul. Alex, what are your thoughts around sort of how can we, you know, make sure this isn't a big fanfare now and then it dies down in a few months? What can people bear in mind or think about doing in the future? Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely mentioned a couple of the shorter term things there. I think, you know, even volunteering, I saw something with wires yesterday and they've had like over a thousand emails since this begun of people wanting to register to become a volunteer now. These things will take time. You're probably going to look at six to 12 months. You might have to deal with a few possums or you know local animals rather than get straight out there in the bush so I think really the message is to kind of be in there for the long-term commitment I think also in terms of visiting these places right now you can you can buy from a, a lot of the kind of places that haven't been directly impacted but some of the these places and businesses are going to take you know 6, 12, 18 months to rebuild so I think the message there is really to try not to just plan like this month's activities this month's donations but Think about your winter breaks. Think about your next Christmas breaks. Plan your birthdays next year. You know, let's um, let's all get out to these places and and try not to forget about them once the the news dies down a little bit, which ultimately it will. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And um, like we discussed earlier, we're only sort of in the middle of bushfire season, and this is going to be an ongoing problem going forward. So it's really good to bear that in mind. Ali and Alex are two of our experts here at Finder and Insurance. They've also been running the the Bushfire info page that we have at Finder. It's amazing. It's being updated every single day. It's at finder.com.au backslash bushfires. You want detailed information on insurance, different ways to help, as Alex mentioned, with shopping, donating, volunteering, but also that really key information about your finances and your insurance. So go jump on and have a look. We'll have links to everything we've talked about today in the show notes and uh, just a little reminder that season two is coming it's 2020 now so uh, we're getting that underway shortly you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app in the meantime drop us a review on apple Podcasts, join our facebook group and follow us on instagram at pocket money podcast of course for anyone who is listening and if you might know someone that this information would be really beneficial for them please share it and pass it along we'll talk to you next time see you later Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.